In today's episode of Drunk Dudes Talking Wrestling, we are down one drunk dude. Dylan can't join us uh, because of his massive herpes flare-up, but we're still going to have a hell of a show. We're going to talk My Erection 2001. Oh, sorry. uh, Insurrection 2001. We're going to give our weekly wrestling recap. We're going to talk about some news, and we're going to talk about our experience at VCW Tidings of Destruction. Chad and I had a great time. As always, you can follow us on social media at DDT WrestlePod. Chad, are you ready to go? Yeah. Let's go. Welcome into episode 130 of the Drunk Dudes Talking Wrestling. I'm Joe. I'm joined by Chad. And uh, obviously, we are down one drunk dude. Um, so we'll, tr- we'll still try and put the, uh, the best show that we can together for you today. But uh, we might be a little lacking. We're, I, I honestly think of everybody on the podcast, like Dylan is is the one that holds the whole thing together. Yeah, the you normal know? host himself. Yeah. Like, if anything, we're co-hosts, and he is the host. The so host. It always gets a little weird when he's not here. I, for one, never know what to say. I, I can't lead a fucking podcast. I don't want to lead a fucking podcast. <laughs> so we're going to do it today, though. Yeah, we're going to do it. Um. So I guess the first thing we should do is get into the uh the news from this week not a lot of news this week not a lot of news but did you see that that whole like matt cardona online feud with with like indie bookers no but anything matt cardona does i'm all for it yeah so so basically matt cardona started like going after indie bookers where he was like yeah if you don't if you don't have water backstage for the wrestlers you're fucked up and if you can't afford like to buy water for people then you should get out of the booking industry the wrestling industry altogether like and there were some people saying that that like matt cardona was just being a whiner and then other people like getting behind him on it and it's water he's asking yeah no he's asking for them to go get two 30 racks of water which is like (laughs) what eight bucks total yeah, you could go to Kroger and get like the, the store brand or Walmart, get the store brand for like $4 for 30 bottles. Yeah, I, I don't think it's too much to ask, but it's it seems to have caused a little bit of a like sparked a little bit of a debate on the Internet. And uh, I think we're both on the same page here, right? Like it's not <laughs> it's not too much an ask for for him to say, hey, you, you're paying us to wrestle, but hydration is also important. Yeah, he's not saying like, "Hey, please have caviar and Ferrero Rochers backstage." Ooh, he, he, he's saying, "Yo, bro, can I just have a bottle of water, please?" 
I'm not even asking for a cold. I just want to be hydrated. Yeah, we're not even at, we're not asking for liquid death. Get, get me some some of that <laughs> shit Aquafina, that poor people water. You know. Speaking of hydration, something. what are you what are you drinking tonight, there, Joe? Um, I have I so y- you might have noticed we uh we didn't have the signature beer cracks at the beginning of the episode, and that's because I'm drinking a big wave, probably like five ish percent, not not that big a deal. The thing that is a big deal is that I'm drinking it out of a glass that I poured from my kegerator, which I made or I converted a normal fridge into a kegerator. And I'm having a great time sipping on this draft beer at home. I am so jealous of this kegerator, dude. I uh, I can help you if you ever want one. I don't know. I have a fridge outside. I might be able to convert that thing. That might actually be able to be done. Yeah. And then I think it's worth it. Like a sixth, a sixth keg, which is uh, which is what we get in our kegerator. It can it can fit bigger kegs. We get a sixth keg, and uh, it's about fifty five ish beers from what I've read. And I think economically, it's more responsible to have a kegerator after What's you get past the... the initial startup cost. What is the cost of a of the sixth keg? So a sixth keg. The first time you buy it, it's going to be like 80 to 80 to 90 bucks plus a deposit because you have to put a deposit on the keg. But then physical like metal keg. Yeah, you get. Yeah, it's like a $30 deposit. But then every other time you get a keg, you just bring that old keg in and you don't have to pay the deposit. And if you wanted that $30 back, you could trade in the keg. It's basically you're not buying a keg. You're saying I'm going to bring this one back to you. Okay, where do you so, get that from? You could we like total wine? we you can get it at Total Wine. We like the necks on the Norfolk Norfolk base, like the package store. You can order that. No shit, the yeah. Package store. Yeah. Holy shit, that's a good, but, that's got to be a good deal. Yeah. No tax. Yeah. Holy shit. So you are really selling me right now. Yeah. It's just you have to get past the initial startup cost of like the conversion kit, but after that, it's not a big deal. The CO two tank, if you get like a five five pound one, you have to like ref- you have to get it refilled every like five or six mini kegs, uh, or the pony kegs, the one sixth, uh, and it's like thirty bucks. It's not no, not terrible at all. Yeah, this is all. This seems like a great deal. <laughs> and you get ice cold beer uh poured straight from the your draft. God, you are really selling me right now. <laughs> well, yeah. Sam didn't find that to be appealing, but she'll find out when I I put a new one in. I uh on the other hand am drinking straight out of the can. Uh I've drank this before on the pod, but it's one of my all-time favorite beers. This is the classic double IPA Hoptopus. I like Hoptopus a lot. It is so tasty. Double IPA, a strong bitter flavor with a grapefruit note to it um, from Reaver Beach. One yeah, of the I, like, best, I like Reaver Beach. One of the best Virginia breweries. It's not farmhouse. I would say it's not New Realm, but it's up there with them. Yeah, for sure. Um, so a big Commonwealth fan, a big. Uh, you ever been to Young Veterans or the Bunker at the Beach? No, I don't think I have. 
food really good at the bunker highly recommend it and they sell all uh local beers uh, with a uh, most of it being by young veterans because they own the place yeah it's all military themed beers which are cool yeah all right uh what other news you got we talked about matt cardona your uh, all right let's talk brian danielson there's kind of like two things to talk about but one we could talk about during the weekly recap okay so the the main thing I wanted to talk about. So there were reports this week or like late last week that of the disciplinary committee that was I guess adjoined or jo- like started for the firing of CM Punk uh that Brian Danielson was the head of that disciplinary committee. Um oh. And then Brian Danielson like responded to some some questions and stuff like that, where he said, no, I'm obviously not the the head of the committee. I was on the committee, but I didn't even go to college. This was headed by like lawyers and stuff like that. So uh, it is confirmed that he was on the committee, uh, but it's also seems like it's pretty confirmed, at least by his word of mouth, that he was not the head of it and he didn't make the absolute decision to fire CM Punk. Wow. But after a lot to hear. Yeah. (laughs) But so it seems like he has some major power at at AEW. Well, I mean, the rumor for a while has been that he's going to be a producer when he retires next year, and he's going to basically lead one of these shows, the head booker slash producer. So, like, that's not shocking to hear. And I know he wants to do something outside WWE for the rest of his life. So to hear he has that much power now is not shocking to me. Yeah. So interesting fact to follow up on that whole thing is there were more reports that came out after that fact that that said that Brian Danielson has been handing out fines to people that like go on the internet and say and like talk shit about AEW like for example Britt Baker got on I I don't know if it was confirmed that Britt, Britt Baker did get fined but there are people that have been fined by Brian Danielson handing him out by up. And I can think of the example of like last week or something when Britt Baker was like, Oh, MJF got just got a 15 minute promo. And this person got another 15 minute promo. You know how many uh, minutes of promo I've had on AEW this year? Zero. Or she she basically said like MJF's killing the company and the women's division because it's so much of the show. So, yeah. So apparently wrecked him. Yeah. (laughs) Wrecked him. Uh, (laughs) Uh, you said rectum. <laughs> uh, yeah. So she basically talks shit about the company, and somewhat justifiably so. Is like, yeah, she was the she was one of the faces of the company for a while, and now she's getting no screen time at all. And the screen time she does get is her getting beat. Um, yeah. yes. but but it seems like stuff like that can now get you fined, and one of those people that can find you is. Brian himself. Oh, How do you boy. feel about that? I that, hate that. I hate the sound of this. That he's a cop? Yeah. I never thought he'd be that kind of person. Yeah. I thought he'd be a producer for the wrestlers. You know, he's such a big indie wrestler, and that's like his gimmick, his whole career is he's built on this like indie wrestling style, and he's always the underdog. And to hear like this guy might be the one working directly with the big money people to like 
fuck down the wrestlers is like hard to hear. Yeah. It's fucking Daniel Bryan for fuck's sake. Yeah. Or at least he looks a lot like him. He looks almost exactly like him. Just the haircut's <laughs> a little different, you know, and his eyes fucked up. Yeah. I I hate the sound of this. I thought Britt Maker Baker is only saying what needs to be said here. Yeah. And I, and again, I I read the reports that he has handed out fines. I did not read those reports that it like it was specifically doled out to Britt Baker. It was just an example of like certain women that might go onto Twitter that and talk bad about the company. So I just I put two and two together and figured Britt Baker, but that's not actually confirmed. Sean Ross Sapp didn't report that specifically. Oh, that's the only person I listen to. But yeah, that, Fightful that's Fightful Select's a good source. Yeah. <laughs> uh no, that's you're right though. It is kind of a bummer. You think he's he's not the voice for the voiceless though. He he was always what we wanted CM Punk to be to me. No, I, me. I I agree you with know? you there. Like CM Punk wanted to be this like voice the voiceless indie wrestler turned big time star who's willing to like spit in the face of the the backstage people. But like Daniel Bryan did that, but better. And Daniel Bryan did it to where we wanted him to win. And it's like it's just hard to hear that he might be on the other side of it now. I just don't want I want the Daniel Bryan that, you know, won at WrestleMania. What was it? 30? 30. I want that one back. Damn. Sorry to bring you down tonight. Yeah, that sucks. I uh I wouldn't have thought of that, Daniel Bryan. Oh well. Yeah. Um you you wanted to get into something about Andrade and you were gonna Andrade drop it live on El, me tonight. El Idolo. So I read a Dave Metzler story today, right? The Meltzer himself. Um he said that Andrade is actively seeking out CMLL right now um, to do wrestling events. And the reason why is because his contract with AEW is coming up soon. Oh, wow. And the rumor that Meltzer was reporting is because is that if he has he is considering going back to WWE because obviously his connections in that company. Um, he wants to go back there. And if he has any chance to like do any of his uh, Lucha Libre stuff in Mexico, where he wants to go back home for a period of time, he had to find some way to do it while he was still in AEW. Okay. So he's reached out to both Triple A and CMLL. He decided to go with CMLL, and he's going to be making some appearances with them while his contract with AEW finishes up. So he's going to be like two hatting it. Um, okay. And then there's going to be a bidding war for Andrade El Idolo apparently this year with the rumor from Dave Metzler is that he's leaning to going back to WWE. I think it makes a lot of sense for him to go back to WWE aside from his wife being there. I think that his booking in AEW has been trash, trash. Like what can you remember him really doing other than the Cody fight where he got burned? I can't think no, of like, it was the one where anything. Cody got burned, right? Yeah. Cody got burned. Yeah. No, I mean, I remember injury. That's not AEW's fault, but other than that, I I can't call out a specific moment and say this was good. I can think I can think back to his debut. His matches have been perfectly fine. Don't get like his wrestling hasn't been. It's not that his wrestling hasn't been good. It definitely has. I remember how good the Buddy Matthews versus him. Oh yeah, uh, match was. Um, when Buddy Matthews stole his mask. Yeah, but like. 
in all honesty, I can't say like any storyline he's been involved in has been worth my time. Yeah. So, so I'm going to name three people right now that we thought weren't, we're getting a raw deal in WWE, no pun intended. Um, and we were really excited about going to AEW because they were going to get like the way better booking. And we were proved wrong by AEW. Those people are Buddy Matthews, Andrade, and Alistair Black. And I would say right now in a Triple H, all three of them would probably get better booked under Triple H. Absolutely. They're, they're all guys that did extremely well in NXT. And they didn't do well on the main roster, but they did better than they are in AEW, I think. Like... Alistair, the sad thing is, I love the gimmick of House of Black. I don't want I do House too. of Black. I, to I do end. too, but I don't like how they're booked. I but yeah, but think about that series of matches that Buddy Matthews and Alistair. I'm going to keep on saying Alistair. Um, Black had on the on SmackDown. They had like a series of three matches, all three of them incredible. Uh, or the Buddy Matthews versus Cedric Alexander's rivalry. Yeah, even even go back to the fucking. Seth Rollins and Buddy Matthews, it was not good, but he was on TV every week. He had a let's, he had a main story on the show. Let's remember that under Triple H, Alistair Black versus Velveteen Dream. Oh, yeah, Alvis- the, sa- the same my name match. What about the fact Alistair Black took the NXT title off Andrade El Idolo? Yep. Or his title run on NXT, his Johnny Gargano rivalry. The Johnny Gargano rivalry, yeah. Everything in Alistair Black did in NXT was fucking amazing. Yeah. No, I, for, for that period of time, he was my favorite in NXT I, during that time frame. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Alistair Black. I'm a big fan of Malachi Black, too. I just I just don't think that he's gotten the representation that he should have by going to that. Like, he went to a smaller company that was becoming big. And we were like, oh, yeah, this guy's finally going to get the recognition. You remember he how he debuted? Yeah. He was squashed awesome. Cody. Yeah, it was awesome. And then everything since then. Yeah. I mean, you guys talked about it last week, actually, um, where he they, they had their their couple months of their trios run. But even that was lackluster Their The trios title run wasn't exciting to us, you know, because yeah, they were doing those weird house rules matches. Every yeah. Time. So I'm I think those three guys, Andrade, Alistair, Malachi, and Buddy would do way better in a Triple H era than they are in a Tony Khan era right now. Yeah. They're they're in this middle ground. So I've kind of like broken down AEW into tiers right now. There's like the top guys. Bucks. MJF. MJF's Bucks, Kenny. Jay White, Swerve Strickland, Hangman Page. They're going to be on the show every week for the most part, all the time. Even when they don't have storylines, Adam Page even made a fucking promo this week. Like, you know, like they're the top tier guys. They're all around all the time. And then there's like the lower level guys in AEW that are all elite. But they like show up randomly on the show. They don't really ever have storylines. They make appearances in Ring of Honor all the time. And they're utilized decently well because they're just kind of floaters. 
Yeah. Um, people I like to throw in that category are like Mark Briscoe or like um who else? Dalton Castle. Um the workhorseman. Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston, sure. Right? They might not have storylines built around them. They kind of float back and forth between all the different shows, but their utilization is high. Now there's that group in the middle of those two, like the Alistair Blacks, the Andrades, the Rouches. Roosh, yeah, that's a good example, too. His brother's doing great right now. Like, that group does not get the necessary scream time at all. They don't get the necessary rivalries at all, but because they're big enough and they can't have them losing all the time, they have to like minimize how often they put them on TV. Yeah. Because they can't afford them to look like losers. So unfortunately, we get them so rarely. Miro, what the fuck is Miro doing? Nothing. I mean, CJ Perry showed up a couple of papers. With Andrade. She's with Andrade now. Yeah. But But who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? I want to watch Miro matches. Don't know where he's at. I mean, you could eat. I hate him to death, but you could throw Warlow in that category. Like a guy yeah. who has the talent to be a bigger player, but instead gets squash matches once a month. Yeah. So obviously, like something needs to change. Whether it be they leave or they just get better booking, I don't know. Um, but something like they, they are not the tier of talent that they are being booked for right now. Yeah. Um, and that's all I have to say about that. Let's move on to VCW. Cause you, you and I went to Dude. probably the best live wrestling show I've ever been to Virginia championship wrestling for some people out there. This is a lifestyle. And by some people, I want to talk about the woman that sat next to us during Virginia Championship Wrestling's Tidings of Destruction show this weekend that me and you saw at the Norfolk Masonic Temple. <laughs> Mace, yeah. The Freemasons. Yeah. A Freemason Temple hosted a local wrestling show. Um, we got tickets um, just this past week. And we got there, got there a little late after some uh, trying to find bar fiascos. Yeah, we don't we don't need to talk about that. But it was sometimes pretty... it's hard to find a bar. Yeah, apparently in Norfolk, it's hard to find a bar, especially near a Masonic temple. I think that was the problem. The, the Norfolk Masonic temple was kind of hidden back in like the um... kind of kind of like town, like it was suburbia. Yeah, it was kind of hidden in the the suburbs of Norfolk area or like the the neighborhoods area. So there was no real bars near it. So we had to go about eight minutes away, get a couple of beers before we showed up. And then we showed up late and we chose some seats that we were not qualified for because we did not have front row seats. We had ringside seats, Uh, but we sat front row because there were seats open there and nobody gives a shit about anything. Uh, at VCW, no, no and one's patrolling this at all. <laughs> we sat next to one of the most ridiculous wrestling fans that I've ever met. Oh, that either of us have ever met <laughs> by far. This woman, my god! All right, so 
big like just picture this fans three of you maybe dylan if he listens big lady sitting there with a fat lip in big old dip in uh that Gutting the dip what's that she's definitely gutting that dip Gut, gutting it and just like way way too into this show into this indie like less than indie wrestling show she got to the point during the show where she was uh shaking the guardrail so much she had to get talked to by security yeah no no being like stop doing that this bitch this sorry this woman (laughs) like would not stop shaking the guardrail like it got way 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 obnoxious like to the part where I was uncomfortable because I'm also sitting next to the guardrail and she's shaking it so much that I'm I'm scared that it's going to hit me because she's so upset about what's happening in the ring. So what do you do with somebody that thinks wrestling is too real? You cheer against the people they're cheering for. Oh, yeah. We and you Which is... <laughs> immediately decided to cheer against whoever she was yeah. cheering for. <laughs> so So she would be a fan of this person. We would be there like, oh, no, actually, he's not that good. Uh, he's, he's actually really bad at everything. Uh, and she, she would turn, turn to us and be like, no, no, he's, he's really good. And this is why. And then she would explain to me uh, why this person was good. I you all about her connection with Jerry. (laughs) Oh, Jerry something is, um, is not the commissioner because the The director that retired the director of VCW and like at one point it was during the main event the the champion of VCW i think his name is like Joey Keys or something like that yeah that's the champ um he comes in and he throws scissors under the ring immediately and i was like hey this guy ref ref this guy threw scissors under the ring and the ref was completely ignoring us and he and and she she like turned to me and she's like don't worry i i let jerry know about anything that he doesn't see after the show i i, I let him know and I was like, like she, she's just like so convinced that this whole thing is like, is legitimate that she's she's got to tell on the wrestlers for doing sketchy things. Like, don't get me wrong, I appreciate people that are uh, easily entertained by something like this. Like, like don't get me wrong, me and you had a great time, right? Yeah, we had a, we had a good time. I I definitely enjoyed it, but like, I can appreciate that she finds so much enjoyment in life in this local wrestling show we enjoyed it as well i would have probably enjoyed it more if if she she wasn't there there. (laughs) (laughs) that's my only point she was Um, making it less enjoyable yeah the guardrail thing her constant comments that like tried to explain how real it was just became a game for me and you to talk about how scripted it was yeah (laughs) um but man this there's not a lot to report from this show. It wasn't as good as the last one we went to because uh, Matt Cardona and uh, Steph Delander weren't there. Here, here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk, talk about our, our good friend. Let's talk Brandon about Brandon Scott. <laughs> so if you don't remember us talking about VCW last time, there was a certain wrestler who um, me and him kind of got into it a little bit. Um, Mostly you. If you watch the Liberty Lottery from Virginia Championship Wrestling's main event, Matt Cardona versus Brandon Scott, on YouTube, um, you could see me and this uh, and Brandon Scott yelling at each other like a lot throughout the match. Um, 
Well, since that last show we went to, Brandon Scott has now become a face. And in that um, that time where he became a face, um, he came out to this show as a face and immediately came over to the corner of the ring buckle when he uh, came out to the ring, pointed directly at us. <laughs> Me and you, <laughs> he looked directly at us and said, love you guys. And I was like, oh, no, he's beating me in my own game. <laughs> he's going to fuck with us harder than I could fuck with him. He's going to do it by being the face. So uh, he pointed at us, said, I love you. We booed him for a minute. Um, and then uh, you, you, you said, we liked you better as a heel. <laughs> oh, I said that. And to which he responded, um, yeah, man, I agree. This was not my choice. And I was like, <laughs> fuck, man. He just broke kayfabe just for me. I have to cheer for this guy. So we cheered the ever living shit out of him. The ever living shit. And the moment he realized you cheered for him, he pointed at you and was like, that was easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Next time we go, I want to go and go to his booth and be like, oh, man, you got us. <laughs> I remember after the first show we saw with him and uh, Matt Cardona, me, I turned to you at one point. He's like, he's not terrible. He's actually pretty good for this. No, no, he's pretty show. good. You know, I mean, it is indie wrestling, but he's he's pretty good for it. Yeah. He's, so I mean, he's better than the boar. He's better than the worst nicknamed character I've ever the met in my life. Character toxic masculinity. Oh. Joseph Keys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the worst nickname of any wrestler I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, just call yourself Val Venus if you want to be toxic, <laughs> ma toxic masculinity. Oh, I agree. But yeah, uh, I just want to give a shout out if uh, he ever listens to the podcast. Brandon Scott, best VCW wrestler, my new all-time favorite Virginia Championship wrestler of all time. And shout out to mm, something Stephanopoulos Huff Apocalypse. George Papadias. George Papadias, who retired this year. Who yeah, started who uh of what I learned, he started his career in wrestling as a ringside photographer for VC or not for VCW, WCW. WCW. Uh made his way up through the ranks and started his own promotion here in Virginia. Greek immigrant, by the way, came over yep. here, tried to live the American dream or lived the American dream, uh, found success in photographing uh wrestling events and started his own wrestling promotion and uh now he's retiring so despite the fact that we might talk shit about vcw we still have good times at the show and we uh we respect you do living living the actual american dream and uh congratulations on your retirement yeah it was super cool to kind of see his retirement he brought out um <coughs> old WCW or pre-WCW NWA commentator uh, David Crockett, right? Yeah. Um, to like retire him. He talked about his journey. Um, it was actually kind of heartfelt. I enjoyed it. Um, even though me and you had kind of said before, if he started doing a retirement speech, we were going to go. But I kind of got myself hooked in this segment. Um, yeah. Because it kind it bled into like a tag team title street fight. And like it was just your classic WWE oh, style segment. GPS, um, dude. Golden Pinky Society. Pinky's up. Yeah. The Golden <laughs> Pinky Society rewon the titles. Yeah. And another well, great named um, BCW wrestler tag team. <laughs> but yeah, we, uh, I actually really enjoy these things. They're like, yeah. 
they let us just kind of be us. Um, we kind of are able to go there and just having time and make fun of pretty much everything going on, and no one stops us. Yeah, I we think act- a lot of people we sit around enjoy our commentary. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it, we actually get to interact with the wrestlers. Like we go to Raw and we sit a couple of rows back. We're not interacting. We're just we're like, yeah, no. Like th- this is us just interacting with the wrestlers, having fun with the rest of the fans there. It's it's it's, it's a good time. Well, good news, yeah. Joe. In February, they're returning to the Norfolk Masonic Temple, and the main event is going to be the NWA World Heavyweight Champion EC3 defending against the Boar. I I saw him wrestle uh in uh for VCW before. Well, good news. I. 100% of buying tickets. <laughs> I watch NWA every now and then. I enjoy their product to some extent, and I 100% intend to watch EC3 destroy the boar live. So, so here's my problem with VCW. They always have their shows at some thing, some some venue with a religious affiliation or a high school. Yeah. Like they, the we went to the one at the Croc Center, which is... Salvation like Army, Salvation Army, and then the Masonic Temple. Hampton High School. I want to sit ringside there. and sip a couple fucking beers. Yeah, that would change our whole experience. Like, you know how much better this would be if we could just get drunk while we're doing it. That's exactly that's exactly it. Is I want to have to Uber home. I want. I want to have to Uber home. Yeah. Like that, and that, like that. The, my only other experience with true indie wrestling was in Hawaii. Like Dylan and I and some of the other boys, we would go to Oos Wrestling or Unity Championship Wrestling. And we would watch these Hawaiian dudes fucking wail on each other at bars. And it was awesome. It was a very good time. Uh, And then we were right outside of bars like because because we would go. It was at the Aloha Tower. So it was outdoor. And then like right outside of like right on the other side of the wall there was was bars. And we would have a great time. And that's what would bring VCW to the next level for me. And I think for them, too, if they could get to some kind of bar that could set up a ring, I think that they wouldn't have so many empty seats. Dude, the bunker in Virginia Beach, they got to go get in touch with those people. They have a, a big like spot in the back of the bunker that could easily hold a ring. And they have a stage set up already. Dude, even like Elevation 27. Oh, yeah, that one, too. Yep, yep. Like... Just like between the stage and the and the sound booth there. Yeah, dude. Get something hooked up stage ring. Have a bar there. Let us drink a couple beers while we're enjoying the local wrestling. Yeah, it would it would change the whole experience instead of just like this weird religious like guilt, I guess that you feel for <laughs> yeah. wanting to have a beer. Uh just like indulge us let us have let us drink and we, we it would be a lot more fun i'd be a little worried about some of those uh fans if they oh, were yeah. alcohol consumed yeah um, fucking deborah or i i don't actually know her name that's just the name i gave her the woman head. next to us if she had yeah. been drunk oh my gosh she would have gotten in a fight with us yeah <laughs> we were right. we were talking shit <laughs> yeah speaking of talking shit I'm ready to move on and talk shit about Insurrection 2001. In your erection 2001. (laughs) 
Um, um, signs, Joe. We want to start with signs. I have so many signs. I have so many signs as well. Good. All right. I'm going to start with my first one. Uh, unless you wanted to start. No, let's go back and forth. All right. I'm going to start with my first one. I got Triple H. Don't blow your never ending nose in my direction. <laughs> I didn't see that. That is so good. <laughs> How about Chris Benoit? You've got funny legs. I like. Oh, I think I have that. Oh, that one was but, good. Those are both. Those are very similar signs. That's why I picked that one next. Uh, I got woman can't wrestle. Oh no. Um, <laughs> what about this one? This one creeped me out, and I was very concerned for this person. Um, it's a big show. Make a coat out of my flesh. Weird. Yeah, it was in like the third row, and it only showed up during the big show match. But that person might need to get some. Uh, that might be, he might have serial killed some people by now. Yeah. Probably. Um. All right. I got one that said I bought Road Dog on eBay. <laughs> don't understand that at all. Maybe it's true. I don't know. Very possible. Um. A couple quick ones. I got one that said I like grapes. I got I like grapes. And I got one that said Ass Master. Yeah, I got that one too. <laughs> Those were good ones. Um. I got one that said Lita. Come to my house for tea. I liked that one. I had that one too. <laughs> it wasn't like the normal like Lita. I want to have sex with you. It was yeah. like, Lita. Can you just come over and have some tea, please? Um, and it was so polite. I enjoyed it. Um, I had one that said fresh meat for Rhino. <laughs> uh, a couple quick ones. I had Big Show sucks, and Stazak stole my tape recorder. Stasiak? Okay. Stasiak. We're going to do some Sean Stasiak coming up here soon. Yeah. I guess he debuted by now. Okay. Yeah. Because he was, VC, he was, uh, I keep on saying VC, WCW. Yeah. So he just, he must have just come over. Yeah. Okay. Um, what about one that said, X, why is X Pac still alive? <laughs> I, I bet Dylan would have enjoyed that one because, uh, I know he's, uh, on Dylan's list of get the hell off my screen. Uh, <laughs> but it's okay. He is still alive in real life. All right. I need you to I need you to digest this one with me because it doesn't make sense to me, but I need it to make sense. It said Billy Gunn, 45 degree eyes. <laughs> I saw the same one and I had to think about it for a while. I think it's just they're saying the direction of his eyes were like at 45 degree angles. Like he's but got like, he's like cross-eyed or something. Oh, he's got like slanty eyes. Oh, <laughs> like they're upwardly slanted. Um, but I looked at a picture of him online and I didn't really see it, you know, because I saw the same sign. I had to Google it and I didn't really I didn't really see it. But apparently they didn't like the slant of his eyes, which kind of seems racist. Yeah. Um, My last sign I'll give you. Um, And I feel like I have to say this a very specific way, but it said big daddy dead man. <laughs> and it was only available during the Undertaker match at the end. It's the only time yeah. I saw it. Yeah. There was there was a sign that I saw that I couldn't fully read and now I forget it. Um, but I feel like it was gonna be funny. So the last one I'll say, unless I run into one later that I missed, it just said happy birthday crust. And it wasn't very funny. It's crust? just that it's just that I thought it was ridiculous that somebody's name was crust. And then That's I your saw nickname? Se- yeah. I saw several signs that outed people as gay, but I, I feel like I feel like 
We're past those. Jokes. Yeah, we're past that. We're more mature. So, so let's get into the wrestling then. Before we start with the wrestling, let's uh, talk about how bad this fucking commentary team was. We're in 2001 with a uh, a bleached tip Michael Cole and Paul Heyman. We got neither Lawler nor Jr. nor Taz. We got the worst two of 2001. Paul Heyman and Michael fucking Cole. Yeah, it was pretty it, bad. It's at the standard for the evening. Let's just and, say that. And, and Michael Cole tried to. Or, sorry, not Michael Cole. Uh, Jr. Not Jr. I can't think. Paul Heyman tried to take the place of. Uh, of Jerry Lawler in this yeah. where he would like make inappropriate comments. And we were just like, Oh, come on, man. That's not you. Yeah. You're the wise man. Grow up. It felt weird listening to him try and do those comments. And then Michael Cole try and play like the JR good guy role. <coughs> Long story short, I kind of hated it um, throughout the night. And it set a really bad precedent for how bad this card was going to be. But let's, uh, let's roll into match one. Uh, you never know how bad a pay-per-view is going to be until you start the pay-per-view with a Grandmaster Sex A singles match, which is how we started this one. Grandmaster Sex A versus Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. Um, uh, my biggest note of this one was that Eddie Guerrero won using the ropes. He cheated. Yeah, but that's the, that's the lion cheating, stealing Eddie Guerrero we're expecting in 2001. Uh, I always... I always enjoy his matches, but you can't have a positive opinion on a pay-per-view when they open up with Grandmaster Sex A versus Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, this got a half a beer. Not very good. Yeah. Half a beer. That's true. Um, do you have anything else to say about this match? Not yet. that was my only note. So oh, one thing I wanted to start with for this pay-per-view is their whole storyline of this pay-per-view is that they had matches announced for it. And Linda McMahon came in and changed every match on the card except oh, the main yeah. event. Before this match, basically, William Regal sitting in an office and Vince McMahon is like, what the fuck? You made all these changes. Who, how did you? How dare you? And when William Regal's like, I had to. I wasn't the one who made the changes. Linda McMahon did. Uh, Vince McMahon starts going off about how much he fucking hates his wife, uh, which looking back is just really cringy considering he cheated on her probably God knows how many times and they're now divorced. Um and then she shows up. She tells him to fuck off and that she made the changes. And that's how it's going to be. Yes. Yeah, so it, it felt like a forbidden door. You know, every match on the card changed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good reference. I enjoy that. <laughs> but yeah, they, they ran down how all of these matches were different matches than originally announced. And I think it's just one of those like there was obviously some flight restrictions or issues with travel where they could not provide as many people to the public, I mean, to the European crowds they'd hoped. Glad we don't have that problem nowadays. Yeah, thank you. You got a refill? My God. Um, but let yeah. us continue. Uh, what was the second match? We, we had the Radicals versus... or It was supposed to be Perry, Terry... And Dean Malenko versus Crash Holly, Hardcore Holly, and Molly Holly. But then it ended up being just Perry and Dean versus Crash and Hardcore with interference from both 
Holly and Terry. So I couldn't figure out for like the life of me during this match if it was actually three on three mixed tag. I don't know if it was two we, on two Wikipedia mix. calls it three on three, but but like the women didn't ever tag in. No, because before the match started, uh, Terry was like, I was supposed to have be part of this match, but I wasn't able to get my ring gear tonight. So it made it seem like it was just the two on two. And then they both interfered at the end, which so ended- I, I counted it as interference. I did, too. So that's why I got a beer and a quarter for this match. But I will tell you, if it was three on three, it's a much lower beer rating. But I'm going to keep the interference in because I don't think it was three on three. I think it was two on two. That's how um, I. <coughs> go ahead. That's, that's how I marked it, too. Um, Two other comments for this match. One, uh, Perry Saturn came to the ring with the most ridiculous outfit known to man. Yeah, he was wearing true. a furry top hat and yeah, a it's... furry coat. Uh, it was like tie dye pink and black furry coat and a furry hat. It's yeah. And his mustache, like what it looked like to me is that he wanted to be like early 80s Hogan. He's like, he's like dying his mustache. Yeah, it, it, he looked bad. Um, And this is when I took the note that Paul Heyman was just as bad with objectifying women as Jerry. Oh, 100%. Yeah, he was doing the same kind of comments Jerry Lawler normally does. Uh, this is the first time I questioned the quality of this pay-per-view, though. My first comment for this match was, what the fuck is this pay-per-view? Yeah. No, I think this is probably when I texted you guys that that I was in pain. <laughs> this is paining me to watch. Yeah. Uh, speaking of painful matches to watch, uh, that match got 1.25 beers. I think you said that already. The Radicals yeah, yeah. won. Uh, and there was interference from both women. Uh, the next match was supposed to be Big Show versus Test, but Test was injured. So Big Show came out, and he was basically like, come on, Test, you're a coward. Come on out here, you coward. Let's go. Uh, don't be a coward. Uh, uh, I, you're, you have to tell me that you forfeit to my face. Come out here, please. And it was like, it was like a way worse version of Give me what I want. And I hated every minute of it. And then Test actually did come out and he tried to fight the big show. Big show destroys him. And then Bradshaw comes out. Not not Terry Bradshaw. Um, Bradshaw comes out and he starts fighting. Not Terry Bradshaw. Yeah. He starts fighting the big show and then they end up having a match for some reason. Yeah, the JBL type of Bradshaw comes out. Um, for the longest time, I could not figure out what the fuck this match was supposed to be either um, because, like, Tess was out there and they were fighting, but they didn't ring the bell, but the referee was in the ring. Um, turns out after he, like, beats up Tess, who is injured, like you said, Bradshaw, like, makes his way down the ring, uh, makes down the ramp, and Big Show starts fighting Bradshaw, and then they do ring the bell. I'm like, okay, this seems random. Just randomly, because, like, it wasn't, yeah. like... The following contest is it was just like they rang the bell and the match was suddenly started. Yeah, there was no build as to why Bradshaw took this match. But now he's in the match. Uh, Tess gets involved. Tess interferes. And uh, that leads to a Bradshaw victory yeah. over Big Show Um, in this match. We are. Us... Say again? No, we're like 
two, three years away from JBL, right? Yeah, we are about two years away from JBL. We are uh, that's 2003 ish time frame when we start seeing JBL show up and he has his title reign for most of 04. Yeah. Um, which is like the first year I fully just watched me uh, wrestling was 04. I watched SmackDown every week. Yeah. In 04. Um, I'm excited for that period of time. I really like the Bradshaw family. Uh, Orlando Jordan, the Bashams, eventually Jillian Hall with her weird uh, face. Uh, scar thing shows up but this match got a beer and a quarter as well and bradshaw pulls off the upset over big show notes from this match i said that there was a ref bump at some point during this match and i had a i had a note that said in all caps i'm so bored uh and then i had something that said test kicking the chair was interference because I think like JBL was holding a chair or something like that, and he kicked yeah. a chair. I don't. I don't remember. It was boring. Yeah, nothing at this point of the show had really entertained me at all. I will say that they tried nothing. to like throw storylines at you, but they were failing. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we'll get into the tag match then. Oh, that match got one point two five as well. Yep. And as you said, Bradshaw won. Um. So yeah, let's get into the. Fatal, not even fatal four way, four on four tag match, fatal four way. I guess it's for fatal four way, fatal four way um, tag team elimination match. Yeah. Uh, it was the Dudleys versus the Hardys versus Edge and Christian versus the great tag team of X Factor, which is X Pac and Ooh, help me out, help me out, help me out. We had. The Dudleys, the Hardys, the X Factor, and Edge and Christian. No, I can't remember the other guy in X X Factor. X Just Incredible. Just Incredible. Yep. Just Incredible. Who was mediocre at best? Yeah. But um, Fatal Four Way uh, elimination. We had two entrances that got cut off by a a backstage segment. Um, we didn't get an X Factor or Edge of Christian entrance. Um, we started with the Dudleys, and I was like, where the fuck are the other two? Um, the first team eliminated was X-Factor by the Hardys. Yeah. The, the opening of the match was pretty much X-Factor and the Hardys just going at it for a long period of time. Yeah. Um, but because X-Factor and the Hardys went out for so long, X-Factor is first. Hardys get eliminated second. And then uh, last but not least, uh, we have Edge, Christian, and the Dudleys go at it, and the Dudleys get eliminated by Edge and Christian. Yep. We had Rhino interference. We had Spike come out after the match and start doing um, uh, slice bread number two to everyone in sight. I love that move. I love when little guys always do slice bread number two. And then for some reason, uh, all right, so that, yeah, Rhino interfered. Uh, costing the Dudleys the match with a with a very good gore. I love old school Rhino Spears. Yeah, the gore back in the day was one of the best moves. Yeah, his spear has always been good. This match got two point seven five beers, and that's all I have to say about that. And then we get to the match that made you made your wife tell you to turn it off. Yeah, so not even a match, just a segment. Supposed to be a match. It was supposed to be a 
a women's battle royal. But it got censored. But it got censored. Thanks, Right to Censor, for coming out with your most annoying music of all time. My wife told me to turn the TV off because she hated it. Um, right to Censor comes out, said they've they've coordinated with the commissioner to cancel the Women's Battle Royal, but they're going to bring out a few of the, the stars of the Women's Battle Royal. Who do they bring out, Joe? Jacqueline, Lita, and Trish, I believe. Yep, those three come out. Looking and they proceed to um uncensored attack. as all get up. Yeah, I mean Lita's thong was definitely out. Very uncensored. Sup. And they proceed to yeah, definitely a sup. Um they proceed to strip both members of uh right to censor. Yep. And this segment got a half a beer. We got to see Stevie Richards in his underwear and uh, ivory and granny panties. Good for you, Joe. I'm glad you enjoyed it. It was bad. <laughs> it was so bad. All right. So the last three matches on the card, the card starts to turn around, but not. it wasn't good enough to make this a good pay-per-view. No. So we'll start with Chris Benoit versus Kurt Angle in a two out of three falls match. This uh, shock you a little bit with the ending of this match? No, well, kinda. Because, the score, yeah, the the score, the score was a little bit of a shock, but I know that that Kurt Angle's rise is right on the horizon. I mean, he's already won the title at this point. We've already passed his title run, his first title run, his first title run. In fact, no. We- um, let's see. Oh, so at the beginning of this card, Bree Bree asked me whatever happened to Eddie Guerrero, and I was like, he died. And I was I was expecting a whatever happened to Chris Benoit question as well during this, and <laughs> I was like, oh, she never asked it. She never got asked it, so that was good. I've talked to her about Benoit before. Okay, there's one wrestler you should probably know about his um his passing. It's probably Chris Benoit's. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Benoit and Kurt Angle go to two or three falls. My comment earlier about the shocking score was because this is the only time I've ever seen a two or three falls match on pay-per-view go two to zero. Chris yeah. Benoit wins both falls. Very shocking. Uh, this was the first like decent match on the card. Even the fatal four way wasn't that good. Yeah. Uh, and that got two beers. Two beers. Dos cervezas. All right. So let's talk about the next match because I, this might have been a good match, but we've seen it so many times. So I was like, by the time it came on on this pay-per-view, I was tired of it. Yeah, this is the third time we've watched a, um, third time that I can remember watching a Chris Jericho versus Y2J match. And you said Chris Jericho versus Y2J. <laughs> Sorry, Y2J versus William Regal match. Oh, br- during this one, Bree asked me, what's the whole Y2J thing? And I was like, oh, that's one of Jericho's nicknames. <laughs> that's one of he, his thousand I was, gimmicks. I was like, he debuted around 2000, like right before 2000. So Y2K was coming up. So Y2J was was funny to say. 
This was for the Queen's Cup, which was a trophy they bought at the local trophy store. Um, it had no a nomenclature on it. Couldn't tell you what it said on there. It was falling apart when they brought it to the ring and when they won it at the end. Um, no one could really explain throughout the whole night what the fuck a Queen's Cup even was or its significance in the match. They just wanted to give this match some weight. So they put a useless trophy on their line. Yeah. Um, this is and to to remind people, this is on the heels of their last match, which was the Duchess of Caneberry or something like the that. Duchess of Queensbury match. Yeah. Which was incredible. Which was terrible. <laughs> which was terribly incredible. Terribly bad. Um I have no notes for this other than um it's for the Queen's Cup. YGJ wins, but then after the match, uh, he gets attacked by uh, William Regal, and William Regal destroys the Queen's Cup in the progress in the process. Yeah, that's all. That's all I have to say about that. I don't even care about the main event. The main event was dumb as rocks. This match was a fucking handicap match. It was supposed to be a tag team match between Kane and Undertaker versus the two-man power trip Stone Cold and Triple H. But instead, it was a handicap match because Kane couldn't get on the flight, probably because he's a piece of shit. Um, And so instead, it was a handicap match where the only way that uh, Undertaker could win a belt is to be pinned Stone Cold. So he proceeded to spend 20 minutes having a match uh, where he got beat up and then turned the tides, choke slammed everyone, including choke slamming uh, Stone Cold through a table, um, choke slamming uh, Triple H in the ring, choke slamming Stone Cold again in the ring, only for him to, while everyone's down, pin Triple H. Yeah. Which didn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> You'd think after he like choke slam Triple H to be like, I'm gonna throw this guy out of the ring, bring Stone Cold in here and do my work and get my belt. Nope. First chance he had, he pinned Triple H and uh won nothing other than this unnecessarily stupid main event match. Yeah. Not very good. Not very good. Just like Joseph Keys. Not very good. That's a VCW reference for all of our listeners. Um, my only other comment is you had, uh, other than the, the table getting broken, uh, a nice chokeslam breaking of the table, we had some Undertaker blood, and it looked like it was from his ear. Yeah. It was on the side of his face all around his ear, which looked gross. Um, I think Stephanie got involved here. Vince McMahon tried to get involved. They all failed. Undertaker wins. Um, he doesn't get a belt though. This guy yeah, two he, and a half years. He maintained he was and still number one contender, I believe. I think because he won the match, he was still number one contender. Oh, thank God he was still number one contender because he won a match that didn't matter. Yeah. Well, end all be all that got two and a half beers. 
an insurrection 2001 in all of its infinite uh notoriety because it's Greatness. not glory it was trash it sucked um got 12.75 beers not very good not very good these uh these england pay-per-views are always trash yeah until... we have multiple more coming up in the year 2001 Hell yeah. I hope we just get through some of these soon. I want, I'm trying to get to WrestleMania X8. I've never actually watched most of X8. Okay. I've seen Hogan Rock, but that's about it. So I'm very excited to get to uh, 18. We got a ways to go, though. Hey, one thing I'll tell you about Insurrection 2002. And it's it's only because I accidentally saw the description for it when it automatically started playing when this one ended. <laughs> Ric Flair has a match at Insurrection 2002. Uh, yeah, WCW's been gone for a while at that point, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, that makes sense. You gotta start building up that uh, that uh, those WCW people over in WWE here soon. They're, they're all gonna start coming over here. Yeah. We got the the invasion angle coming up here soon. We got Stacy coming soon. Not one I was looking forward to, but okay. Wait, hasn't the invasion angle already started at this it's point? It's kind of started. Like its inklings are there. There are some people that have shown up, but like the the Shane McMahon versus Vince McMahon teams and like breaking the roster in half and like the Survivor Series style like coming in and beating up the other people randomly because they're on the other team. Stuff hasn't started yet. Okay. That's what I mean when I go the invasion angle. Like all of the people from WCW and ECW combining together to take on like all of the team WWF. You know what I mean? Like Survivor yeah. Series 2001. Okay. Team Invasion versus Team WWF. We're going to start getting that built here in a couple of pay-per-views and I'm, I'm stoked. You're excited for it. I am excited for it. As long as it's not in England, it'll probably be a good show. <laughs> All right. All right. Weekly wrestling? Yeah, what little um we had to talk about. You watched a lot more of it than I did. I did watch um a decent amount. I I got through most of it yesterday and today. Um just kind of watching in the background. While I did other stuff in the house. But I, let's say we start with uh, our normal. Let's start with SmackDown. Okay. Did you watch SmackDown? Nope. Okay. Did you see anything about SmackDown? I I read about it. Yeah. Um. So the first things first for uh SmackDown. Apparently, the women's war games match is useless. It didn't end anything. Okay. Now we are just continuing it because the opening segment was Bianca in the ring and she talked shit about damage control. They all came out and then she got saved by Charlotte and Shotzi. So nice. uh, the women's war game match didn't end a goddamn thing. Nope. Later in the night, Bianca beat Kyrie Sane in a match where every other person involved in this got fucking ejected from ringside. Which Go sucks. home. Get out of the ring and Bianca beat Kyrie clean. I I really like Kyrie Zane, so I'm upset to see her 
pretty much getting I mean squashed might be the wrong word but no, she had a long it was a long match but <laughs> I think it started around the one hour and 20 minute mark and it went to about the 145 mark of the show okay and then a commercial break happened and there was the, the last segment with Randy Orton at that point but I still so, don't I still don't want to see her getting beaten at this point no I'd rather I would cheer for her over Bianca Belair right now but then again, I'm a I'm a damage control fan, so I would cheer for them in most situations. Uh huh. Thinking about getting a damage controlled shirt before uh, Mania. Before Bailey gets kicked out. Before Bailey gets kicked out, so I can cheer for Bailey when she uh, takes on Io Sky at uh, WrestleMania. Oh, you think it's going to be Io? I mean, Io will still have the belt at Mania at this point. I think we're dragging it out that far. That's how I'm starting to feel. Okay. Um, other things on the show. Did you see anything about Butch? Yeah, he had that match against uh, Booby Lashley. Yeah, Bobby, right? And Bobby it, Lashley. Yeah, and it was a good match. It was a good match. I mean, I care more about like with a storyline going with Butch right now. Um, Rich Holland walked out on last week. Walked out on him last week, mm-hmm. and then this week, um. Butch basically said he doesn't need anybody else. He's ready to be his own man and do his own things because even though there's no one else, he's still there for fight night. He really tried to take it to Bobby Lashley and lasted way longer than I expected. So basically what you're saying is we're we're getting back to Bruiser uh, weight. The Bruiser weight Pete Dunn. I sure hope so. I got the same vibe as you are saying from the angle. Is that okay. this is the shift to like the bruiser weight? I don't know if they're going to call him Pi- uh, Pete Dunn again because it's his real name, and I know that the company's like kind of against that. But um, even though I get the bruiser weight Butch, I'd still be okay with that because the bruiser weight was such a cool fucking nickname. Yeah, no, I, and I think I, Pete Dunn's a cool singles competitor. I feel like we could get Pete Dunn, especially with with Endeavor owning the company now. I could see them being more all right with using real names. I mean, yeah, probably they use real names a lot in UFC. I'm pretty sure it's all real names over in UFC, right? Probably. I don't know if it's fake shit. Yeah, it's very fake shit, but fake fighting company, ultimate fake fighting championship. Yeah. Um, I guess a couple other things. Logan Paul and KO are starting a thing. Yeah, but Logan Paul's also starting a tournament to figure out who the number one contender is. Yeah, the tournament looks pretty good. Austin Theory, Grayson Waller, KO, Santos Escobar, Bobby Lashley, Butch. Uh, Butch. Who's already out, right? I think, no, that match didn't count. Okay. Um, a couple, one or two other people, and then a mystery NXT uh, member. Who's got to be Carmelo. I mean, if there's one person you want to start selling on the main roster, it's Carmelo and Trick. So I would hope it's one of those two. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's Axiom, who already made an appearance on SmackDown either. That's fair. Um, but yeah, it looks like a really good field. I am. I always love tournaments. We talk about it all the time. I fucking love tournaments. So I'm all for it. Um, and then the the big the big news, I guess, from SmackDown, Randy Orton. Yeah. He signed. That was the whole like main storyline behind the show. 
is is he going to sign with Raw or SmackDown? And he ended up uh, signing with SmackDown and then RKOing the general manager. So, yeah, apparently he wants the bloodline. LA Knight also wants the bloodline, comes to his aid against uh, Solo Sokoa and Jimmy Uso. Um, and then after he uh, gets the one up on the bloodline, he signs the contract for SmackDown. Um, at that point, he signs the contract and then RKO's Nick Aldis. Yeah. Which I am, I told you about this at VCW, but my fingers are super crossed. Um, you know, that you could call my fingers carrying crossed here that one day I get a Nick Aldis Randy Orton match. I want it so bad. I think it could happen. All you gotta do is put little inklings like this on the show and one day it's easy for Nick Aldis to just turn and want to get in the ring. Yeah. I mean, he's only 36 years old. Yeah, he's younger than half the roster, it feels like. Yeah, it could happen. I do love the SmackDown vs. Raw element of this. I love Pierce and Aldis um, competing for the for basically like competing for the rights for Randy Orton and they like both offered him cool things like Pierce was like I'll put you in a world heavyweight championship match immediately and Smackdown Nick Aldis said I'll give you the one thing you want the most which is the bloodline but like the Pierce and Aldis like Smackdown versus Raw rivalry is always a good backstage segment yeah for sure yeah, I'm excited. I'm I'm very excited. You got anything else for SmackDown? No, and I have nothing for Collision, I promise. Collision was basically the let's continue the um let's continue the Continental Classic uh show Brian Danielson beat Eddie Guerrero. I mean Eddie Guerrero, Eddie Kingston. Brody King beat Claudio. Um, Daniel Garcia lost to Andrade El Idolo. Um, Some other miscellaneous things happened on the show. But for the most part, this was just a Continental Classic extension of the tournament. <coughs> That's right. about it. That's about it. That's about it. Let us go into Raw. Did you watch Raw? Yeah, some of it. Okay. What'd you uh, enjoy on Raw? Uh, let's see. There was... Oh, did you see that thing where like they can't say yeet anymore, basically? No. Uh, apparently, there was a trademark issue with the word yeet. Oh, yeah, there's some indie wrestler already trademarked Yeet yeah. before this whole thing. So it's trademarked in this field, like in this entertainment business already. It's it's like trademarked. So this indie wrestler who uses it um, has basically like put the nail in the season season assist on this whole thing. Yeah, that sucks. I was really enjoying the the Yeet thing. I don't think it'll take anything away from Jay. But 
Yeah, kind of sucks. Um, but yeah, so speak like Jey Uso had a main event match against Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Champion. What yeah, do you think one? about Jey Uso right now, and what do you see for him in the future? Right, so first of all, who won the match? Seth. Naturally, Seth won. Yeah. I think that we are going to maintain Jay in the tier he's in right now where we are talking about him in the upper middle tier of the show, if not the, the, the uppermost tier, until Mania when we do something between now and Mania to build on his rivalry with Jimmy. Um, obviously, Jimmy and Jay is probably going to happen at Mania. And then at that point, once that happens at Mania, um, I expect Jimmy or Jay to kind of maybe be like a mid-tier guy. Okay. Like, I know he's main event Jay Uso, but let's be honest with ourselves. I do not see Jay Uso winning a main title. Ever? Ever. I could see him winning a Intercontinental Championship. I could see that. I mean, eventually it leads back to him being in a tag team with his brother. Oh, yeah. That's his that's his Hall of Fame swearing fucking. No, yeah, he's already in the Hall of Fame based on the fact him and Jimmy have done what they've done. Yeah. One of the greatest tag teams in the history of WWE. Yeah. So, like, let's just settle that, put it down in stone. One of the best tag teams in in wrestling history in WWE. They're in the Hall of Fame already. There's a guarantee that at some point between now and the end of his career, we are getting back to the Usos. It's like every major tag team that gets broken up, we will go back to it. What if uh, this is just a random thought I had? What if we kept rivalries going? Since we're already doing active wrestlers being sworn into the Hall of Fame which is what you guys talked about last week. What if we just kept a feud going long enough where it's like, oh, they both have to retire or whatever. They're off TV for a long time, and they're like, oh, we all assume, oh, they're retired. They're never coming back. And you you say, you announce them for a Hall of Fame uh, induction. And then, like, at the Hall of Fame, they continue their feud, which leads to a match that weekend at WrestleMania. That'd be cool as shit. That would be cool. That would be so cool. I would like that. Like, imagine like a few years from now, Edge and Christian or that. Yeah. And we get the Edge and Christian match on WWE that we should have gotten this week on AEW. Because Ed- Edge is <sighs> Nick Wayne's mom. Sup? Um, what the stupid fuck, you know? Uh, but yeah, because Ed- Edge is only in the Hall of Fame by himself. He's not in the Hall of Fame with Christian, right? No, those are he edges in twice right now. Edge and Christian are going to go in the Hall of Fame eventually. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. in there right now once as a singles competitor, but Edge and Christian as a tag team are eventually going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, absolutely. So, like something like that, where it's like they're they for whatever reason, and they can't like that's a good example of they're both going to have to retire within the next couple of years, and unfortunately. Their feud is going on in AEW, so WWE is not going to build on that storyline. They're not going to build on the fact that they're feuding. It has to be like a kind of low-key thing where they were feuding before they went off, and for whatever reason, they never they never 
recovered from their their feud, but they're still being sworn in together because they were this legendary tag team. I would love that. That'd be fucking cool. That would be lit. That'd be a hell of a good fucking storyline. You should call somebody and let them know to do that. <laughs> yeah, oh man, I, like I would. That. I would enjoy the shit out of that. Like a last, I'm sure the internet would ruin it for us. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Anyway, it'd still be cool to see it like it evolve. Yeah, in front of our eyes. Um. Anything else for Raw? I mean, there's probably plenty of stuff we want to talk about, right? Mm. Uh, Sa- Sami Zayn's match with uh, with Drew was really good. Yeah, that's one I, I want to talk about. I, I enjoyed that the opening of the show was something different. Yeah, it was Which, not ju- Judgment Day. It was not. Somebody comes out, says like, hey, I'm opening the show, and then Judgment Day music hits, and Judgment Day comes out, and we build a main event over it. No. We pre-ordered. We pre-ordered the main event. We had Drew McIntyre come out, talk shit about CM Punk, and then after he talked shit about CM Punk, uh, tried to talk shit about Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn came out. They had a good promo set, followed by a good match, and then a backstage segment where Sami Zayn is fake injured. And I think this will lead us to maybe a mania match between Sammy and Drew. Yeah. I'm starting to well, feel like really? that's a thing. Okay. They they faked the Sammy injury here. Dude, how much do you love heel Drew McIntyre? Oh, way better than I like face Drew McIntyre. Yeah. Way better. I like heel Drew way better than face Drew. Yeah, it's just it's it's more believable. It's way more believable. He says things that he probably shouldn't say and kind of touches some borders like the the CM Punk comedy made where he's like apparently now you can just leave the company for a long time come back and all is forgiven and I was like holy shit Drew kind of did that he left the company for a long while he did say this could be true about a lot of people but we knew what he meant when he said it when he said it yeah and he did the same thing though he left upset went and made a name for himself and came back and we completely forgot he was a three man band yeah, true. So, um, one other thing I really like from Raw, I'm like, this is my number one thing on Raw right now. DIY. I, well, no, I do like DIY, and I'm glad the fans are starting to get behind them. My number one thing on Raw is Cody and Shinsuke. Cody and Shinsuke is going to be great. This is going to fucking tear the house down next week on Raw. It's not at a pay per view, and I'm okay with it. Yeah. I don't need every rivalry to be a pay-per-view match. Well, it's it's the same thing AEW does, and maybe that's Cody's influence. You know, yeah, give me many rivalries. Give me rivalries that build to main event Raw matches. Yeah, I'm okay with that. That gives everyone involved in something, and not everyone on the card. The difference I think with WWE right now and AEW is every rivalry ends up on an AEW card. Yeah. Well, and then but, I get 14 AEW matches on parts. Well, I guess what I was talking about more was like the winner is comings and the uh, fight for the fall or fighter fest rather like they have their mini shows with the blow up matches. Yeah, they're not pay-per-views. They're weekly shows, but they're they're like big weekly shows, you know? 
like WWE could capitalize on something like that and not make it a raw 25 or something where they yeah. pack 30 different fucking legends, you know, and fuck for next week. And we're literally getting like a title match and we're getting Cody versus Shinsuke. Make you know, it big, man. Make, make it a big deal. I'm excited as hell for Cody versus Shinsuke. That's yeah. like the best thing on raw for me right now. Those are two people. I don't think I ever thought I could see in the ring together. Yeah, but now sure. that I'm seeing it, I'm like, oh my god, how did I not think this was gonna be so fucking good? And not want to see this until now. Yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's good. I think they missed each other in Japan by a couple of years. Yep, and actually, they probably passed at the same time. You know, Cody left in 2016. Shinsuke went to NXT in 2015, maybe 2016, 2015. Uh. He was big when I was on my first ship. So yeah, about 2016, 2017 was the time frame I was watching Shinsuke on NXT. Cody left WWE in 20 2016. 2015, 2016 time frame. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And he didn't go to New Japan until like 2017, 2018 time frame because he did the indies for a little bit before he ever yeah. did a, a major promotion. Yeah. So I, I don't think they would have ever seen each other. I can Google it, but no, I don't I, think I feel they pretty have. confident. I don't think they've been in the same company. I mean, there are two legends we're talking about right now that are about to have a match, and I'm excited as hell for it. And every time Shinsuke even hints at chaos, I get excited. Yeah. Is it could they pull the second biggest surprise of the year? What's the get, first biggest? CM oh, Punk? CM Punk coming back was shocking. Still is. I don't think Okada coming would ever overcome CM Punk coming I, back. I think there's a lot of low-key WWE fans that don't know who Okada is. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't think it'll hit like AJ Styles' debut. I lost my mind with the crowd. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Too many people said, oh my god, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. Then Okada would be very similar. But I think it would still be really good for WWE. And I think it'd be a great for Okada to come do that. Yeah. I want it. And then and then AJ Styles became like one of the most important people in the company. So yeah, he got over so quick. Yeah. His so feud quick. with Cena, like his feud with Triple H. Or sorry, Shane rather. Dude. The title run he had with the WWE title and like for the year long one where 2017, 2018. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I loved that title run where he like, he was facing off against Sammy and Kevin as a uh, heels. Yeah. I loved that shit. What a great yeah. time frame. Um, I agree. I don't have a lot more to say about raw. That's about all I have. So it's time for the best segment of the night. Chad's best things for three best things from NXT. All right. This week, I've got three things and one very bad thing. Okay. I want to start with my bad thing. Wesley has suffered a real life injury to his back. This sucks. What a spine is affected because he said he has like no feeling in his legs. Yeah, he's got damage. At one point, he, he, he picked his cane up and like moved his cane out of the way. Um to like hit somebody with it and his leg was shaking like yeah. he couldn't fully support his own weight from his back injury 
which is like insane to think. Um, but they're saying he could have eight months to a year surgery and rehabilitation. I'm glad. Like, so here's the thing I'm happy about. This is a super serious injury. What yeah. I'm happy about is that they're talking about rehabilitation and not this is a career ending injury. Yeah. You know, I'd we be don't so have to, sad. We don't have to worry about like, cause he's 26, 27. He's young. Yeah. Uh, we don't have to work like right now and it might change but right now. We're not in the mindset of, Oh, I hope that one day he's able to make a miraculous return, you know, like the Randy Orton's, the, uh, the, the edges, the Christians, the Soraya's like, this is, they've already told us that it's, he's going to return. It's just going to take a long time. You know, so they're not calling it a career-ending injury. They're just saying it's going to take a while to heal. The Big E's, by the way. Yeah. So that sucked. Um, the only shitty part about it was, uh, I mean, obviously, the the other shitty part about it was because he's not that great at promos. I couldn't tell if it was real or not. Yeah. Initially, so I had to Google whether he had a real injury or not. Um, but it's very real, and I I googled that while he was still talking. Um, he hadn't like moved the cane and I saw him like barely able to stand at that point. So like it was obvious it's real. He's doing back surgery. I hope the best for him. I do want to see him come back because he is a hundred percent distant distance himself from the MSK stuff. Yeah. He is his own man. He's a wrestler, a singles wrestler now, and he's entertaining as hell. Yeah. No, his title room was great. It's the a real bummer. North American title run of all time. Yeah. So it sucks to see him go um, for eight to 12 months, but I hope them the best in his recovery. But let us get on to bigger and brighter pastures. Um, my three best things. Uh, number three, I'm going to go with a, a simple match that happened uh, just because there were two great people involved. I had a Nathan Frazier took on Axiom. They've it was, they always have good matches. Those guys always put on bangers. Uh, my number two, I had the Baron Corbin, Ilya Dragunov promo at the end of the show. Um, Baron Corbin's like really playing on the fact that like Ilya Dragunov left his kid overseas so he can come over here and build a wrestling dream. Um, and they're like talking about that constantly. And then like Ilya's talking about how he's never succeeded in the WWE. He's been around forever. And yeah, he's like a workhorse, but he's never been like the guy. So, um, that's those back and forth segments between those two have been really entertaining. I've really enjoyed it. Um, I'm really excited for the match on Saturday. Um, early this predictions Saturday? this Saturday, two oh, days from now. Oh, that sucks. You got early predictions for who you think is winning the match? Ah, Ilya. I'll go with Ilya right now. Yeah, I'm. I've got no reason to believe Baron Corbin's taking it off of Ilya Dragunov. I agree, but that those promos are great. Um, and then my number one is all the builds to Iron Survivor this weekend. We had a uh, last chance battle uh, or fatal four ways on both sides, men and women's. Those were won by uh, Tyler Bate and Fallon Henley. Uh, the men's match was announced as the main event for Deadline. Um, the men's match looks really good. You got Die Jack, 
Trick Williams, Tyler Bate. Um, who else? Tyler Bate, Trick Williams, Die Jack. Mello? No, Mello has a match with Lexus King on the card. Braun Breaker's in the main in the Iron Survivor. I'm missing somebody, but it looks like the best match on the card. The men's Iron Survivor is going to be super good. Yeah. And I'm hella excited for it. So. Aww. Who you got on that one? Oh, I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Trick. Yeah, the betting odds say Trick is in it, but I have this weird feeling he's going to um, have some kind of interference or something like that, maybe. Okay. But I don't know. It's hard to pick these things. Like, when you put 20 or 5 people in the match, it's like... How do you properly... Uh, how do you pick who's the right winner in that one? Mm-hmm. Oh, Josh Briggs was the fifth person. That's why I didn't remember it. <laughs> All right. Let's uh let's move on to AEW. Close it out with dynamite. Yeah. Like it's dynamite. Teo Cruz. Who? Teo Cruz. Dynamite. Right, 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 right. Lots of stuff on Dynamite about the Continental Classic yet again. Um, yes. Swerve, Jay White picked up some victories. But do you enjoy this tournament? I don't enjoy this product right now. Yeah. Like these matches are good, but like there's no story on these matches. It's very new Japan style product. Yeah. Um, let's see. Last night is when we had the match of Adam Copeland versus Christian Cage. That was the main event of this card, yes. Yeah. Um let's just talk about Nick Wayne's mom. Sup. I would not necessarily say sup, but I would say <laughs> what the fuck. As she hit Edge with a fucking belt, costing Edge the match. That doesn't make any sense. And no matter what they tell me next week, it's not going to make sense. Yeah. Uh, No matter what she does, it will make no sense. And this feels like a shit product. Yeah. Dylan would agree, by the way. There's no way he would he'd be all for this. This is just stupid WWE booking. No, this he'd is, agree on the sub. This is Jimmy Uso coming back at Survivor Series. Stupid. I mean, SummerSlam. Stupid. Remember when like SummerSlam oh, had yeah. Jay and Roman one on one, and then Jimmy turned on Jay for no reason. Yeah, and then he was like, "I'm trying to protect you." Yeah, yeah that that's what this feels like is going to happen next Wednesday on Dynamite. She's going to come out and be like. I just wanted to make sure my son didn't get beat up by Christian because he lost the match. Yeah. And I'm gonna be like, man, this is fucking stupid. The crowd was so upset. They were like all for edge winning this match. And then when Christian won and she turned on him, the crowd was just silent. <laughs> yeah. It's not even a boo situation. It's more. They were of just, just like, like, what nah. the fuck? Nah, man. 
Aren't you excited to go see Collision in January? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> we'll probably see like some good matches. Probably. Or local talent. <laughs> also a possibility. They do squash matches over there. There was one time, I think the first time I went to a VCW show, where I went to a VCW show in like October, and then I went to uh, an AEW show in November, and I saw one of the guys get squashed. Oh, nice. On... on elevation or dark wow that's crazy yeah what what show do they do they film ring of honor with collision i think they film ring of honor with collision now oh my gosh that's three hours god damn it is that too long Uh, i'm more of a fan of the two hour show you know yeah it's good time um other stuff for dynamite roger strong is out of the wheelchair through the wheelchair away. Um, the MJF got attacked backstage. Oh, yeah. Um, he got like hit like real hard. He was knocked down on the floor after a beer bottle got broken on his back. Yeah. It's like hinting that Hangman Page did it, but like that's just a swerve. What? You think it's swerve? <laughs> no, I think it's Adam Cole, but it doesn't really make sense if it's anyone but Adam Cole. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's got to be Cole. It's got to be Cole and that group. Or CM Punk. No. <laughs> no. I did hear this week that Kyle O'Reilly is still, is almost uh, clear. That's He's good. almost clear. He's I'm not happy clear about yet. that. But hopefully he comes back at the same time. Like if we got Adam Cole as the devil and Kyle O'Reilly back, like with the whole kingdom there too, like that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, my only other note is there was a battle of big butts. Tony Storm, Tony Storm versus Sky Blue. Sky Blue. And then I had sarcastic yay, Rio's back. Yay. Yeah, who cares? This women's division is so bad. Not really. They just don't use the use it well. <clears throat> Well, that's they, what makes the division bad. I don't think there's bad talent in the division, but the division uh, is yeah. portrayed on television as trash. If Riho can walk down there and be like, I want a belt, I want to face you. Like, where is Soraya? Where is Ruby Soho? Where is Chris where Statlander? Is. Um, she's on Rampage, by the way. All those people are on Rampage. Oh, good. Using them um, well. Using them well. Where is Athena? Oh, she's on Ring of Honor. Like, Mercedes Martinez, Willow Nightingale. They have people that are good. Willow is the Ring of Honor champ, right? No, Athena is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have a pay-per-view next Friday. Okay. Ring of Honor, pay-per-view next Friday. I know you don't know that because uh, it's not on TV and announced at all. I'm going to miss that one. (laughs) I'll probably watch it and tell you. I'll let you know how it goes. All right, sounds good. That are we done? That closes us out. That's all of the things. That's uh that seems like all we really have to talk about tonight. Um next week we are going to be giving our reviews for NXT deadline. Deadline. Um 
we probably will have a new champion because our current champion sucks and is recovering from herpes, as discussed earlier in the night. That guy's fucking trash. <laughs> and uh, we're going to... Yeah, we'll we'll give our weekly recaps. I think CM Punk's going to be back on Raw again this week. Oh, he's on SmackDown this Friday. Oh, he's on SmackDown this Friday. I think we're going to be finding out if he's signing with Raw or SmackDown. Probably Raw because SmackDown has Randy yeah. uh, and Roman. So, uh, I guess follow us. Follow up on that next week with us. As always, we've been the Drunk Dudes, Chad and Joe. We'll catch you on down the road.